For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, 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 and welcome to another episode of the Believe in UCLA football podcast. My name is James Williams, a reporter and editor for the Orange County Register and the Southern California News Group. We have a great episode and a special guest for you guys today. Quentin Lake, the former defensive back for UCLA, is stopping by the show to talk with me and Josh. Uh, it was fun. It was fun having a conversation, catching up with Quentin Lake. I got to cover some of his career while he was there at UCLA. Um, he had just had a senior year just last year. He spent five years with UCLA, including the COVID season. Um, but yeah, so we we get into some of that. And we get into a number of different things. And I thought it was pretty fun. And uh, I think Quentin had a good time. The guys, uh, Josh and Quentin, they, they were laughing quite a bit. And uh, and I was too. Um, it was all in good fun and, and a lot of great conversation. I think we learned a lot about um, about Q Lake and what he's trying to do. Um, he has some customized cleats. Um, for those who don't know, he got drafted by the Rams just uh, this past April and um, is a part of the team, made the roster, uh, was hurt and nicked up, I think, early on in the season, but was called up and it, um, is suiting up for them, if I'm not mistaken. So he is going to have some custom cleats that he's wearing on a game sometime uh, that he should be wearing um, in early December here. So not too far away. And. It's all going uh, to spread or to, yeah, to, to spread awareness on sickle cell. And he'll be talking a little bit about some of that in the episode. But um, again, I just thought it was some great stuff from Quentin. Again, uh, appreciate having him on. And some of the conversation him and, and, and Woodsy have was uh, was pretty insightful as someone who's just a reporter for the team. But obviously those two guys in the locker room together spent a couple of years together. Um, both of them played high school in Southern California. Um, Quentin Lake played at modern day. And then you had Josh Woods who was playing at Upland around the same time or not too far apart. Um, and then also some breaking news that kind of came along um, right after I finished that interview with Quentin Lake, the Rose bowl more or less had a deadline. They had a hit um, or, or was, they were kind of given by the college football playoff um, along the lines of, of this week and that they needed to try and, come up with a decision on what they were going to do. If they want to be a part of the CFP going forward or not as one of the six bowl games that are going to be competing or, or one of the six bowl games that are going to be in rotation for teams when they compete in that semifinals and get into that national championship picture. So with the 12 team playoff, you'll have teams that I believe it, I guess it would start at quarterfinals if I'm not mistaken, but then you have your, uh, semifinals, and that's where you'll have the rotation of the six different bowls, the Cotton Bowl, the Fiesta Bowl, the Orange Bowl, the Peach Bowl, the Sugar Bowl, and the Rose Bowl. Um, the first five that I mentioned, the Cotton Bowl, Fiesta Bowl, Orange Bowl, Peach Bowl, Sugar Bowl, had all kind of agreed and were on board with the expanded playoffs, but now with the Rose Bowl jumping aboard, what was kind of the last hurdle, uh, which is kind of what was being reported, 
that is now squared away and we're going to have an expanded playoffs from four teams to 12 teams. Um, we are going to have a four team format this year and next year in 2023, but in 2024, we're going to get our first 12 team playoff. And that would be, it would have been huge, especially this year for UCLA who was kind of in that top 12, top 10 area at some point in the season. And I'm going to have a breakdown of everything. Um, laying it all out for you guys over at ocregister.com. When it comes to selection Sunday, they're going to announce what teams are going to what bowl. We're going to find out what bowl UCLA is going to be playing in. Um, we know they won't be playing in the Rose Bowl. They play during the season in the Rose Bowl. They won't be in the Rose Bowl. It doesn't seem like, but it's very unclear on where they're going to be. Again, a lot of it depends on where USC goes. If they do make it to the college football playoff, if they do beat Utah in the Pac-12 championship game, then they move into that spot, and then that leads to some shuffling around with some of the other teams in the Rose Bowl, more or less can have their pick at who they want in the college football, who they want in the Rose Bowl, excuse me, because of the college football playoff rankings and the cluster of teams being there with a couple Pac-12 teams all there listed. So it could be any, the Rose Bowl game itself could feature anyone from Washington, Oregon, um, et cetera, et cetera. There, there's a few different teams, even on the pack on the Big Ten side. I think there's some talk of Ohio State's been there a few times in a row that they're almost willing to pass on playing in the Rose Bowl to take on a new challenge, more or less. And that opens the door for a team like Penn State to potentially be back in the Rose Bowl um, here for the upcoming um Rose Bowl in January. So a lot of interesting stuff going on. The college football playoff is expanding in 2024. That's something to keep an eye out going forward. This Sunday, they're going to talk about and they're going to announce what the bowl games are, what the final college football playoff rankings are. Um, I don't know if we'll have an immediate episode, but I'll be tweeting about it. I'll have updates on my Twitter, at JHW Reporter. As things are happening, I'll be tweeting it out. Um, I'm looking forward to a crazy day. I always look forward to um, a few days a year, and this is definitely one of them, where the teams are going to be playing their bowl games, who's going to be where, who's playing what, and much, much more. Um, I'll also have a link in the bio talking more about the college football playoff expansion, and uh, you can read some of you can read the article I wrote that covers a lot of ground on that kind of stuff. So um, some good stuff there. And again, I don't want to hold you up too much longer. I know I promised you a Quentin Lake interview, so let's jump right into that. Quentin, how you doing, man? Can you hear me? Doing good. How are you? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Um, welcome on in. Appreciate uh, you taking some time for us. Um, just want. Uh, by the way, we're here with uh, your your former your former teammate here, Josh Woods. Um, oh. Josh, do you want to say hi, Josh? What's up, Q? How you doing? What's up, brother? I'm doing good, man. Can't complain. Just real quick, the cleats um, was was something that caught my eye, and and I've heard some NFL guys kind of talking or or having their cleats and stuff before. Um, but when I saw you were coming out with cleats, I was kind of curious to know more about it. Yeah, so yeah, I did my cleats on the um, sickle cell foundation. Um, so sickle cell disease, sickle cell is. So I don't have the disease. I want to make that prevalent. I don't have the mm -hmm. disease. Great. So the trait, it doesn't really like, it doesn't really affect anything. It's almost like you could say it's almost like asthma in the sense, not even like that. It's really just something that you just have to stay hydrated and just be in shape. That's it. You know, just there are some things that, you know, if you play in altitude, you get a little bit more tired. So mm. 
Um, the reason why I wanted to do that, it's close to me and my family because I have the trait, my dad has a trait. So it's pretty close to me and my family is pretty personal, but also it's not really well known. That's the biggest thing too. Um, it's not a really well known disease and it affects more so of minority populations um, more than others. So for example, like the black community affects them a little bit more. Um, mm -hmm. It's more prevalent in there. So I just wanted to kind of raise awareness of something that was pretty personal to me and then also raise awareness just because it's not very prominent or prevalent and not a lot of people know about it in general. So I thought it was the opportunity being on the stage just to promote awareness around a cause that around a foundation or disease that not a lot of people know about. I was like, that was one of the, the, uh, I think it was your freshman summer. That was like one of the first things were like, Oh, this is who Qu uh, Quentin Lake is like, I hadn't met you before, but I remember that incident, um, you had when, um, I think we were running game Sims your first summer yeah, and yeah, I remember yeah. like, is this guy going to be okay? Yeah. So I was off. I was off. So fire alarm went off the night before. I didn't eat a lot the night before. Oh. And didn't have a lot of, so it was like, it was like back to back things mm. that kind of sparked that. It wasn't like, um, so that's why I was like, and I knew it was going to be tough. And then when that happened, um, I kind of told him like, yeah, like these are the things that kind of led up to that incident. You know, obviously it didn't have a lot of sleep. Didn't, wasn't really hydrated. Didn't have a lot to eat. Like wasn't fueled up for that. Um, and then after I, you know, realized, you know, I really got to be in shape, really got to hydrate, you know, I didn't have a problem since then. So, um, that was kind of my first real awakening to like, okay, you know, these are the steps I have to take just so, you know, that I'll be okay. Obviously I'm not really worried about it anymore because I'm in shape and I, you know, take care of my body now. But, um, when I was young, I just didn't know, you know, I'm thinking, you know, what is going on, especially when it happened fresh freshman, I'm like, what the, you know, what is, what's happening? But, you know, I kind of learned, did a little bit more research on my own and stuff like that. So, and, you know, I've ended up being okay since the five years since that happened. So, um, yeah, I'm not gonna lie. It was, it was a little scary. It was, but, you know, realizing it, like anything like yeah, that. I say it, it was scary for us that day. <laughs> <laughs> now, what happened? So a little bit more context on that. So like Josh said, we were running game sims, which is like one of our conditioning things in the wintertime um, with coach Alosi. And, um, I could tell, so pretty much what happened in terms of like how it felt for me, it felt like, and I, you know, the guys can kind of, or Josh can kind of attest to it. It was like, I felt like I was running in slow motion, but I was trying really hard. That's kind of what it felt. That almost kind of what it looked like. That's what some of the guys told me. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, and then I was like, yeah, I just couldn't like body kind of shut down after that. Um, but yeah, never had anything close to that, um, you know, from there on out. So I've been pretty good about it. Um, obviously you're playing at a pretty high level now you're you're with the rams um congratulations on that i don't think i've had a chance to talk to you um since that but um covered you quite a bit during your ucla days and we'll talk about that in a little bit but i'm just kind of curious what is the nfl life uh like for you what has the journey been like for you and um also what is maybe one or two of the biggest things you've learned so far whether it's on or off the field um since being in the nfl um so i'll first start with how is it being in the NFL, being in the NFL is cool. Um, a lot of people think it's a crazy talent difference, but that's only like a, a very small percentage of people. And that's kind of like what I would say in the sense that like, if you played college ball at like a high level and you were making plays on the college stage, mm -hmm. you can do the same thing on the NFL level. Like obviously people say like, oh, everybody's big, strong and fast. Well, in general, everybody was kind of big, strong and fast in college too. Like, 
the thing that happens when you get to the pros is just like you don't have any as many miscues. That's the biggest thing. Like, you know, you're having, you know, professionals that study the game. This is all they do. So there's not going to be a lot of, you know, mental errors and stuff like that. And in terms of like me being a defensive player, that ball is going to be on the money nine <laughs> times out of 10, you know? So like, um, I'm not like, like for a lot of the dudes that play in college, you, to be honest, if you, if you're put in the right situation, you can easily play in the NFL. That's what I want to make clear. Cause I don't want to make it seem like, Oh my God, the NFL is like, and obviously there's like a lot of political, political stuff that goes on behind it too. Mm -hmm. Kind of more so. Um, but in terms of the speed of the game, um, obviously it's a little bit different. Like it does move fast, but it only moves fast if you don't know what you're doing. That's what I'll say. If you know what you're doing, you know where you need to be at, you know, you'll be all right. Um, and then being on the Rams in terms of like um, the Rams culture, Rams culture is good. Um, it's a little different this year because just because we're having a down year, especially coming off like a Super Bowl. Mm -hmm. um, so that's kind of like a little bit of adjustment just because, you know, all the rookies and all the guys that got drafted, even, you know, everybody on the team, we were expecting a high year just because we had that Super Bowl. Everybody's morale was up. We were like, yeah, let's go back to back. And, then, you know, obviously we're not really having the success we want. Um, but it was kind of eye opening in the sense that, you know, coming into the league, um, just dealing with like adversity here and there, like, it was kind of like, okay, this is probably, you know, the worst it's going to get, hopefully, you know. This yeah. is, you know, I, at least I didn't come in like, dang, you know, it's going to be like this every year. Not, mm -hmm. you know, I a situation where, you know, we were hopeful to go to the Super Bowl, whatever, you know, that, you know, probably won't happen. But um, just kind of seeing it from like, okay, this hopefully this it doesn't get worse than this because this is kind of, you know, mm -hmm. it is what it is. But, you know, it's been an amazing experience. Uh, the Rams culture and everybody in the building is awesome. Um, especially with us, us having a lot of veterans, guys like Bobby Wagner, Aaron Donald, you know, you name it. It's cool just learning the game off them and seeing how seriously they take it. Um, so all in all, it's been great. I, I have no complaints. Um, you know, we still got a really good team. Just sometimes the ball doesn't roll our way in the game. So, um, but no, nah, I mean, it's been, it's been good. It's been good. Go ahead, Josh. Do you have anything? Um, what, I would say, like, what are the biggest things that you learn, like, coming in from a program like UCLA, learning things from, like, Coach Mora and, and Coach Kelly? What are the biggest things that have, like, helped you in your first year as a pro? Um, the biggest thing that helped me would just be – I it's not necessarily something I listened to from Coach Mora, but it's something I did when I was at UCLA is – listen to understand not listen to respond um sometimes you're like you're quick to like you may have something that you did in college or may like not agree necessarily with what they're coaching or there's just might you might have a difference of opinion i don't want to say like oh i disagree with you know what the coaches are coaching me now obviously not but you might have a difference in opinion but just like listen to understand whether that's a player talking to you or a coach staff member like you know, just always being open to new information just because you're in a new environment and you don't know, like, there are just certain things that are ran differently and you have to kind of adjust and adapt to that. Um, and then another thing is, you know, really take it seriously. That's that's another thing. Like, you're guaranteed four to five years in college and then coming to the NFL, you see guys in and out like that. Mm -hmm. So just kind of 
you know, taking it seriously because it's not an interview for just the Rams. It's an interview for all 32 teams, whether you're play, like, even though you're playing for the Rams and you want to do the best and you, you want to make it to that second contract, your film is seen by everybody, no matter what. So say down the line, whatever situation might happen where you end up on another team or whatever, like that film that you put on for the Rams or for whatever team, people can take that and use that um, and say, you know what, he just put great things on tape. You know, we want this guy. So just making sure you're locking in each and every day and you're always putting good film because your film is your resume, especially when it comes to the NFL. Um, I think I spotted you out on the sideline for maybe the Utah game, I think it was. I think you were out yeah. there for the Utah game. Uh, what was it like being back on the sidelines and at the Rose Bowl and and, and just with the success the team has had this year? It's been um, – pretty crazy journey for Kelly and, and Doreen and the guys. So yeah, um, I mean, your thoughts on them. Yeah, they could have they could have had it all to be honest. Yeah. That's what's like like I'm super happy for them. Mm-hmm. Um and I'd be I, I see I see Josh's tweets and Kayla's tweets all the time talking about like just commenting on the game. I think it's funny. Um, <laughs> but I mean it's like I'm so happy for this guy for these guys to be able to, you know, have a successful season. Obviously there were pivotal games that I think they could have won. Mm-hmm. For example, Arizona. And then if they ended up pulling off FC, you know, the season would have looked a lot different, you know, probably maybe slipped into the college football playoff. You know, who knows? Who knows? Um, but being at the Utah game was cool. Um, saw some other alumni that were there, which was dope. And then obviously seeing some of the guys that I played with last year, um was super cool and then you know it just kind of was like humbling in the sense that it's like you know guys like josh and guys you know the veterans they kind of built the culture and then you know guys like me we kind of kept it and then it seeing it transition into you know what it is now it's like it's cool seeing like you know you kind of not in a selfish way but you say you know we kind of built this that's kind of the thing now that you know it took it took a little bit longer yeah. for UCLA to get to that point, but it's kind of cool saying you know, all this blood, sweat, and tears, and you know all the culture changes. Whether you know you were there for one year, two years, three, four, whatever, you know you put into this, and you're seeing it kind of be displayed out on the field. So it was cool. It was awesome. And for for me, I I look at I'm looking at your Twitter right now, um, and I remember when you first posted this. Uh, when, when you uh, declared that you were going to enter the NFL draft and you had that, I think it was from a yearbook where you said, I'm yeah. going to play at UCLA and I'm going to be in the NFL. I mean, you're living out these dreams that you put down on paper, like at a yeah. very young age. Um, was that something that came to your mind as you were coming into or making that decision to declare? And I know your father played at UCLA. So it's yeah. not like you just stumbled into UCLA, like UCLA is kind of in your blood in a way, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, I think manifestation is a real thing, whether you believe in it or Mm -hmm. not. People say, like, oh, you know, whatever happens, happens, or, you know, whatever they want to say. But if you write, like, if you're putting active effort into something you write down or something you think about, more often than not, it's going to happen somewhere, somewhere or another, you know. Um, Whether that might be, you know, it could have been a situation where I played ball and I ended up playing for an LA team way down the line it just ended up having to happen right now you know like mm-hmm. but um I think manifestation is really important or just having a goal and you know obviously you know working towards it whatever it may be um but yeah that was that was crazy if that really like 
that it, it was crazy because that really affirmed and kind of reassured my faith in God, to be honest. Cause you know, you pray, like there are some things you pray about every single day and it might not happen now. It might not happen a year later. It might happen five years down the road. You know, this is something I've been talking about, you know, with me and the man above for a long time. And it ended up seeing, you know, seeing that kind of unfold was, you know, that's, that's something that just really reassured my faith in God. But, um, more so than that, um, you know, I was just happy to even be a part of the process. And it's crazy because you say like UCLA was in my blood, but I was really like I had UCLA and USC's number right next to each other at the time. Um, I remember that. I was like, I don't know. I don't know where I want to go. Um, and I just felt like UCLA was going to be the best situation for me because things were a little bit shaky at SC. And I just felt like I had a better chance to play early at UCLA just because I knew I wanted to get to the NFL. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it, it ended up working out. Um, but, yeah, that, that whole recruiting process was real, real different. Um, <laughs> like, to be honest, because when I first – when I was playing in high school, I didn't think I was going to play college ball. Like, yeah. Oh, really? I had, Stop it. Like, yeah, <laughs> about going to the no, I'm saying like real early because I had taught my ACL my freshman year and I was like, oh, mm -hmm. like that, that dream's done. And obviously that when I when I started picking up offers and stuff like that, because I was on JV my sophomore year. Like I wasn't one of those kids that played freshman varsity, like mm -hmm. tore my ACL, went to JV. So like them first two years, like I was like, like you have this fantasy as a kid, like, yeah, I want to go to the NFL. But when you have hardships like that, that dream kind of dwindles back a little bit. So that it was like a and then obviously, like I did well my junior and senior, and then I was like, "Oh, okay, I still got a chance." But um, no, it was cool. I mean, yeah, everything ended up working out. So I can't, I like. <laughs> I mean, a lot of it's testament to like who you are, and like I feel like a a proud like big bro of you because I've I watched like I watched you as a as a high school recruit, a little shy kid to like you know <laughs> a slowly, shy like, kid. Nah, because he was but now when I was doing um. Like when I would visit UCLA, because my dad was coaching, I would come up there and Josh would be there. Like, so, and it was like, not that we really didn't talk to stuff like that before, but it was like, you just see a familiar face. And then when you get to UCLA, like, mind you, I hadn't committed yet or stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Like, you just see a familiar face and then you get there and it's like, oh, okay, like I seen this kid. Like, okay, let me just bring him along, you know, along, along my journey and stuff like that. So, and that's how, but to be honest though, that's how Josh was with a lot of players. Like, you have this guy, like some some veterans, you don't you don't really and I'm not gonna say Josh wasn't hard on people either, but like some veterans, you like, man, I don't even want to approach this dude. Like mm -hmm. for real. Oh, like I don't even I don't even want to approach this dude. I don't want to hear him. Like he's not gonna give me nothing positive. Like I just don't even want to deal with that that shit, to be honest. But mm -hmm. Josh was a dude, it was like, yeah, he's gonna he like it was it was like you can approach him off the field, ask some questions, but at the same time. If you weren't doing something right, he's going to tell you. And that's how it should be, though. Like, you want players to demand the best um, out of you, but you also want to have some guy you can look up to and be approachable. Like, you don't want to be that veteran that, like, is on that, like, let's say, like, raw rock, and you can't approach him just mm -hmm. because, like, you feel like, oh, he's just going to always be on my ass no matter what question I ask, you know? But not, like, Josh, and I can name countless guys a part of your class and, even guys mm -hmm. before, like, y'all did a great job in terms of being able to be approachable, but also demanding the best out of us, you know? So. And I mean, and I wish, like, 
a part of part of I feel like UCLA's bad years and downfalls have been crucial injuries. Yeah, I think like my my year not having you is one of the things I always be like, mm-hmm. dang, if we had Quentin the whole season, like our defense would have been at a different level. Like there's closer games where I know like Q's back there, you know, making calls, seeing things, making plays that would have helped us a lot. And it, it just sucks. that It just seems like UCLA, like in the past decade, really, of all the, you know, from the time I got there till probably the time I left, I wouldn't say, I'd say after that, I feel like, like even this year, not that this is probably one of the healthiest years I've seen UCLA Super healthy. compared They're, to yes. my, my freshman year, you got to think of the players. We lost three NFL players yeah. in the first three weeks of the season. We lost yeah. Fabian Moreau, who's playing for the Giants now. We lost Eddie Vanderdose, who was drafted to the Raiders, and we lost Miles Jack three games into the year. It's like, how are you supposed to win? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and then it's like the following yeah. year. The following year, we lose Colton Miller, and the following week, we lose Josh Rosen. And it's like, you know what I'm saying? So it's like things yeah. like that where it's like, I don't know what was going on at UCLA, but it's like now I feel like we finally kind of like made it over that hump. Yeah. And now it's like, all right, now we're – you know, everybody was like, want us to go to the playoffs. It was like before, it's like, well, you still even be good this year. So we went from like, right. you know what I'm saying? Like the haters yeah. of y'all can't even have a winning season to like now, like, oh, y'all should have <laughs> made the, y'all should have made a Pac-12 championship. Y'all should have made mm-hmm. the playoffs. Like there was like no in between, right? Like yeah. that, was, that was the thing. Like they, you know, they were bowl eligible. Well, you were a part of that, right? Last year, the holiday bowl, um, things didn't work out for that. And it's like people, forget like that was the first like since i started covering ucla that was the first time they were even bowl eligible they don't get to play in that game but it's like you know they get right in that playoff picture and people are like oh we're a playoff team it's like let's slow down a little bit like let's let's let this thing kind of play out a little bit but they they exceeded whatever expectation i had um i'm yeah. just kind of go I ahead to, to josh's point though i was thinking about it and like it's crazy because it wasn't like injuries were like obviously injuries are inevitable no matter what like mm-hmm. i don't care how long you play this game it's just gonna happen but like the injuries that we were having were like season ending you know yeah. like it was not like oh teams banged up whatever mm-hmm. no. a, little, a little tweak hamstring whatever or like these are like oh surgery type you know like and it's just like when you get that more so is like yeah it's a season in the injury where you have like okay this play we don't have this player but then it's like it's demoralizing for the team too mm-hmm. because Bro, like, damn, like, what are we going to do now? Like, we don't have the star player. Damn, like, can we rely on the backup? You know, it's like you have all these thoughts that go in your head. And that's kind of like – and I bring that up because it's like kind of like what happened, what's happening, you know, within the Rams. Like, we had key guys go down, and then you're like, well, shit, like, you know, how is how is the offense or defense going to, you know, respond? Like, and then it's kind of like, you know, you don't want guys to give up, but you know, in the back of your mind, you got this little little man talking. It's like, shit, bro, like what's gonna happen? Like, we don't have one of our star players. He's, you know, he's our go-to guy when we need to make plays. It just doesn't happen like that. So it was a good point that you mentioned injuries, because injuries is like whether or not like obviously there's the physical side, but there's also the mental side to it too. So mm-hmm. Yeah, no doubt about it. Um, real quick, I'm curious. Um, and I asked Josh about this um a little while back, obviously throughout the season, as we've seen a guy who you guys are both familiar with, with Dorian Thompson Robinson. Um, the I when I saw him at the beginning of this year, he looked bigger. He looked, he seemed more mature than I mean, he kind of already was. Uh, um, from you know, just from his junior to his senior year, but 
just your thoughts on his development, like what you've seen from him over the year and just kind of where he's been at this year. Like he's limited his turnovers, um, just just the different things that he's doing. But just what stands out to you? Um, do you have a good Dorian story? Maybe it's from the younger days or last season or anything like that? Uh, do I do I have Dorian story? <laughs> You're going up against him every day, right? I mean, she was my um, she was my roommate for mm. a year, almost two years. In in 2019, and honestly, I can say a little bit of 2020. Uh, we were roommates, um, but now nah, his development. I mean, obviously, you've seen it, like breaking records, you know, doing all the things like that. Um, but I feel like he just has that like pro mindset now um and he kind of embraced the role of being that like team leader you know the guy that you know the team can rely on to make a play especially being a quarterback um and I'm not even going to say like being like his younger days were bad just because like being like starting that young and then you know like he because he got recorded uh, he got recruited by more too and then you have a you know you have a coaching change you got to you know, low-key, like, learn a new offense. Um, and there's just a lot of things. It's a lot of pressure, especially being, you know, a guy that, you know, has won national championships for coming from Bishop Gordon. Like, it's a lot of pressure. So I kind of understand that, you know, why he had some ebbs and flows early in his career. But you can kind of see the the work, you know, the hard work and all the stuff that he's put in over the last, I would say, even the last two years. So his growth at UCLA, I think, has been great. And, you know, I'm – you know, rooting for him for the best, you know, in terms of because I know he's going to, you know, get drafted to the NFL. So in mm-hmm. terms of professional career, too, um, you know, hopefully every, everything goes right in terms of that, because when it comes to quarterbacks, especially when it comes to the draft, like that's really, really political. Um, I've seen it happen over and over again. Like imagine this, Deshaun Watson got picked after Mitch Trubisky mm-hmm. and that was stuff like that, like whether or not you want to put, you know, whatever you want to, I just. I'm, my message is I just hope everything goes well for him. But mm-hmm. in terms of his development, it's been great. Um, like, like I was saying a little bit earlier, though, like seeing you grow and like seeing you come out of your shell, like year by year, it's like <laughs> you start, you know, start being more and more. Yeah. I think now I'm seeing you on your like your little fashion tip. Is Uh-oh. that something? Is that <laughs> something you you know like? How did you get more into that? And like, what has your inspiration been? Is that like something you want to get into more outside of football and off season stuff like that? Yeah, so my bro, I used whew. now James, you could have seen what I was wearing. My fresh, oh my god, I was it was bad. But um, no, yeah, fashion for me, I got into, I started really, really like wearing clothes and stuff like that. I would say like this year, really, because I wasn't doing. I don't even think I was doing that last year. Like really, like putting outfits together and stuff like that. Is it something I want to get into? Yeah, just because you know kind of that look good, feel good, you know, being able to, you know, wear cool clothes and stuff like that. But who put me on? I want to say who put me on was really my girl, um, my girlfriend. Okay. She, she put me on she, um, for sure. So <laughs> if, like, I can't, I, I can't, I can't look like it. Say we're going out or something. Like, I can't look like a bum. Mm-hmm. I got to be on par. You know, that's how it is. So she's definitely nice. in terms of like, you know, hey, these are some brands you can look at, or hey, like, you know, I got a fit for you. She's the one that styles me. So, I mean, it's just been able to, like, I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and, 
be like, oh yeah, I do. nah, I don't do it. I really don't. Like, obviously <laughs> now, like I'm learning. Like now, okay, yeah, I can put mm-hmm. this together, this, this, and this. Like, yeah, I'm putting some outfits on my own, but really, she be doing it. She be doing it for me. So, um, yeah, it's been cool. And then fashion, like even being able to like potentially do stuff with different brands in the future, or go to like fashion and so- shows and stuff like that is, you know, it's awesome because fashion, especially in the NFL, or really at any professional level, it's big now. You know. Mm-hmm. So now, yeah, she uh, she's the one that kind of obviously now I'm a little bit more into it, but she's kind of the one that put me on. That's dope. Yes. Um. So I ask everybody this: We've talked to Lo Kenny, we've talked to Theo Hello. Howard. Um. I always, <laughs> I always got it. I talk to Josh all the time on the on these podcasts. So when I get a chance to talk to his teammates, I always ask for a good Josh Wood story, or I need to know something about Josh that I didn't know before uh we did this episode so do you have a good josh wood story or uh, a favorite memory with josh or anything like that see like low kenny would have better stories than me low kenny had a lot of stories <laughs> yeah um if anything just tell me about what josh was like on the field what kind of player he was you know what what he meant to the defense how he was on defense um no nah, josh was so when i first came in when i first came in josh was like like he's gonna he's gonna go out there and make plays, and he was big like that, bro. I was like, God, big. <laughs> um, but no, Josh. Um, I would say one thing, and correct me if I'm wrong, was like I felt like you were underrated at UCLA. To be honest, a little bit, just like people. I don't feel like people really understood like how much talent you had, um, and especially having a position change too. That was, and I don't know how that was for you going from inside backer to you know almost like olb frustrating Um, yeah (laughs) same because you know there might be a a situation where like you like if you're going from inside backer you're able to make more plays you're able to show skill sets that you're better at and then going from outside linebackers it's just like i i can understand that i can see that and that's why i say like people really don't understand because I've seen Josh the inside backer running through holes, hitting, being able to cover, like Josh was super athletic, super intelligent. That's another thing too. I think, you know, when you were there, you're probably the most intelligent linebacker we had. Um, to be honest, you know, obviously we had guys like Kenny Young and Chris Barnes and all that stuff. But like when I was there, I was like, yeah, Josh is going to go out there. He's he's going to be in the right place. He's going to make a play when it needs to. He's going to be solid on all levels, whether that's, you know, in the run game or even in the pass game. Um, so, and like I said, when I say underrated, I just feel like when you had that position change, people weren't able to see really what you could do, you know, to 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 the fullest. Because I seen, like I said, I seen what you could do at inside back. I was like, this boy can make plays. And it was crazy about that too. Early on, Really early on, it's funny about that. My dad, I I remember this clearly. I guess this can be my job for a story. We were talking about, um, we were talking, we were just talking about UCLA in general. Whether that, I think it was my sophomore year, might have been my sophomore year or my even my freshman year. And we were talking, and we were like, yeah, like that boy. Obviously, you had a different number. That boy, nineteen or two. That boy balling. Like that boy is doing his thing. So, um, I always knew you could ball out. And you did, you know, when you were out there. Obviously, you had mm-hmm. some stuff like that. But like, I was like, I was like, bro, if he keeps it up, the sky's the limit, bro. The sky is mm-hmm. the limit because you had everything on every level. You were big enough to really pummel running backs in the run game. You were athletic enough to cover tight ends, even slot receivers in the pass game. Like, 
Yeah, bro. So and and that's just full, like that's just on the field stuff. Let's just talk about that off the field, like mm-hmm. how he is as a person. Josh is bro. Josh is goofy. He gonna make somebody laugh. <laughs> nah, I really feel <laughs> every time, but he gonna make somebody laugh. It don't matter who. He gonna make somebody laugh uh, in the locker room, like super like locker room guy. Like I said, always approachable. Um, and it's crazy because you know I'm sitting here saying this about Josh, me and Josh, don't, we don't even talk on a regular basis, but I have so much to say about him, you know? Mm-hmm. And that's, you could, you, I could tell you how many guys I don't talk to on a regular basis, but if we were in the same position talking to one another, like, it would just be like that. Like, we would click. Laughing, like, joking around. Laughing, joking like. around. So it's like, although you don't necessarily talk to guys every day, like, and I know I'm getting a little bit sidetracked, but like. No, you okay. There's a ton of guys on UCLA where like you might not talk to every day, um, but they're still gonna be your brothers, still gonna be your friends because you know you had that brotherhood, you had that connection at UCLA, and that like I said, and to tie that in, that's something that Josh allowed us to do, um, even when he left, and just you know kind of because like I'm not gonna say there was, but it was almost like like when I first got there, it was like upperclassmen, lowerclassmen, a little mm-hmm. bit. You know, that kind of changed over the course. You know, it started, we started meshing a little bit like Josh would hang out with, you know, some of us. It'd be like, we'd be, it'd be like Martin, me, Low Kenny, E Gates, you know, A B uh, Austin Burton, like all those guys, KP even. Mm-hmm. You know? Like we would just all start meshing, even though we weren't like necessarily in the same class. Um, and yeah, like, you know, a true leader, a guy that was, you know, vocal when need be. Um, I'm not going to say you're a hoorah guy, but like when you talk, people listen, you know, and that's important, you know, in terms of leadership is, you know, you don't necessarily have to, you know, say everything every time, but when, when you say something, it did matter. Um, but yeah, no, I got, dude, I can keep going if you want me to, but not. Uh, hey, shut up, shut up. You don't got You don't but, uh, probably shut it here. No, shut it um, yeah, real, nah. real quick though, you said something interesting about like, the you know it was like the underclassmen and and the the upperclassmen the lowerclassmen and and just how there was that mesh I think was maybe a lot of that when when you have that coaching change and when you had a lot of guys leave when there was that coaching change yeah you guys were like one of the youngest rosters in the country so it was kind of almost like a lot of the where your status your class was went out the window y'all were just trying to like come together and and build something at that point, right? Because it wasn't, a, it didn't matter because you had true freshmen or you had, maybe not true freshmen, but you had freshmen and younger guys that had to play because of the depth that you guys had to work with at yeah. the time because of the departures that you had, right? Yeah, yeah, no, most definitely. Um, and that's kind of what, like, you either crumble or you come together, you know, when that happens. Mm-hmm. Um, and <laughs> it's funny because <laughs> we came together I was, and I was going to say, remember the team meeting? Remember the meeting we had? Were you there after San Diego State? Yep. I was yeah. part of it. We put that together. So, like, that's that's that was the story I was going to say. But I didn't, yeah. So, like, <laughs> we came together. We, we like, we came to, I'm not going to say we came together for the, for the best reason. Like, we came together because we were losing. But, like, mm-hmm. we ended up coming together some way, somehow. Like, um. And to be honest, I was sitting like looking back at that meeting now, like it was funny, bro. It really was. <laughs> like, and I'm not saying like the the meeting was productive because like what was what needed to be said was said. Like, you know, we gotta turn, like, we gotta turn it around, whatever. But like, I'm just thinking about like 
what some people had to say in the meeting. <laughs> yeah. Like, Things that didn't like, need to be said were said. <laughs> it was just like, we like just, bro, cause, cause like, intentionally, Cole Kinder gets up. Oh. And <laughs> and I was just like, that shit, like looking back at it now, I'm laughing. <laughs> it's like, yo, like, <laughs> we had a dead serious meeting. <laughs> He's talking about something. So, but not, but not like, like memories like that, like, I'm going to remember that forever just because it was like, like, like I said, what needed to be said was said, but also like you have, <laughs> Like we just came together. Like that's what I'm talking about. We just came together in a way that was like, okay, like we just for, yeah, we, for, like, for uh <laughs> background on the story, we had just lost to San Diego State. And after every game, we have pool region on Sundays, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so like as as like the older guys, we were like, nah, we need to address some stuff. Like we finna have this meeting. So mm-hmm. like we like, nah, like we're not going to that. Tell the coaches like don't like. We're not going, you know, like we're, we're going to go have a meeting right now. A players only meeting players only meeting. Mm-hmm. And the only coach, the only coach that showed up Foster, yeah. later was Foss and Foss wanted to hear what we were saying and also tell us where we're wrong. You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. he was like the voice the of reason. Also like a big homie. Like, <laughs> yeah, like we, that's one of the yeah. coaches that we all knew and trusted and relied on as older guys. You know what I'm saying? And it started out with like the older guys saying, you know, what's what's going on? Like, yeah. like it just seemed like 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 we had a lot of people that were just happy to be there. Guys weren't giving their all. Like, there's a lot of distractions, and we like, mm-hmm. bro, we we losing games. Like, especially that year, there's no reason that we should have we should have beat Cincinnati and we should have beat San Diego. There's like games we were losing that we should have won, right? Mm-hmm. So like we talking about all the things and like. Somehow, like it just got open. We just got like, kind of opened the floor. Like, if anybody needed to get anything oh, off their right. chest, we gonna when let I you tell do you, it. When I tell you, it went like it went left. That went left. Like <laughs> we got guys sitting up talking about like real, real, obviously like, real personal stuff. Mind yeah, you, like, I, I, like yeah. I came with the, you know, like me. I had like I like I've said before. I I had been there the longest, like more than longer than everybody. So I didn't seen people come and go, and I I just seen like people weren't you know taking right, you know like it, pride in we UCLA, and then it opened, and then it's like we I was trying to be respectful and let other people talk, but then like some other people, it just started like like if one person says something that somebody didn't agree with, other people were like yelling like like he's saying like Cole, I like we, like I'm like I'm like let Cole talk. Next thing I know, people are just cussing Cole out. <laughs> Well, you had to be there. You had to be there. It was the most. It got so dysfunctional. <laughs> I mean, but what do you expect from a players-only meeting? I would imagine a lot of them nah. like that. But that's classic. That's funny. That is funny. Nah, man. That it was like. <laughs> I'm laughing because it's like there were like certain there were like certain certain people that said some stuff or stuff. Was, we, was we this we were, a, we remember the Titans, but <laughs> we we ended up getting blown up by Oklahoma the next week. Oh no! <laughs> I was gonna ask. I was like, "What happened the next week?" But okay. Now, was this the season? Um, was this the same season as that Washington State game where you guys yes. went however many overtimes? Yeah. Okay, because yes. that was the first win of the season, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. What do you remember about that game, Q? I didn't play. Oh, you I didn't play like, that, that game. Did yeah, you travel? No, I was I got hurt though. Oh, okay. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah, that was wild. Looking back at it though, I could have I probably could have played. I know. But <laughs> but I'm glad yes, that you didn't because I really could have played. I'm that thinking that would have that would have wasted a year for you. And I know you weren't hundred percent. Oh, you were like, well, okay. 
Yeah. And he so, was on the he was on the cusp of the the red shirt rule. So yeah, it's like, yeah. If he tries to play, and it's not he's not able to you know be himself, mm-hmm. that would waste the whole year of eligibility. And that's one of the struggles of college of like putting bad tape out there and then like just trying mm-hmm. to be patient. Yeah, but like giving you like you you like it's it's a hard line between it's kind of being hard. selfish and being a team player because mm-hmm. like like you said like for me it was frustrating. I felt like I was one of the best inside backers yeah. in the conference. And for them to move me to outside linebacker, I didn't do that for me. I did that for the coaches. Yeah. And for Q, I know that they were pressuring him to play, but it was best that he did it so he could have that full year, yeah. you know. And it's and crazy. It was, like, yeah. when I come back and it's COVID, you know. Because my plan was like, I was like, oh, I'm going to do – I never – to be honest – <clears throat> to be honest, I really was thinking about leaving after the COVID year. Like, I was mm-hmm. like, oh, God, I'm gone. Like, mm-hmm. Just because I was like, I'm healthy, short season. Like, I mean, but I was like, uh, I was like, people, would, I just had so many people in my ear, like, oh, like, and the biggest thing was like, people had said, like, oh, you might not get drafted. I was like, oh, I don't want to, I don't really know. I want to be like, oh, you'll be this, this, and this. You know, if I hear like, oh, we don't know, like, and that's kind of really one of the reasons why I came back. And obviously, I had some boxes to check, and mm-hmm. it helped that we were winning too. But like, yeah, I was really like thinking about leaving after that year. But like, being yeah, like I had to be. I, to be honest, like looking back, I was out, and I had I had asked myself this. I was like, if I did play in 2019, what would be different? Obviously, mm-hmm. we won't know. Like. I would have had to. I would have had to had leave in what three, yeah. Because I wouldn't yeah. have. Yeah, I would, or I would have to have left after the COVID year. You know, things mm-hmm. might, you know, different. Whether that's better or worse, but I just I was like in that moment I was like, I don't want to be out there. One, I'm probably won't be able to tackle like I can. Obviously, I can't catch the ball like that. So mm-hmm. for me, it was like it's not worth it. Like, yeah, the junior year of college is like so critical, but I was like. You know, just give me another year and I'll be straight. How crazy was that COVID year? Because just trying to cover it and, and follow you guys was was crazy enough for me. I love, but I love COVID. COVID was twenty twenty was probably one of the best. No, you love the COVID time. You didn't love twenty twenty was probably one of the best years of my life. I'm like, like think about it. We started the season in November. Yeah, yeah. First, it was like super late. Yeah, we had like extended time at home, and obviously, like mm-hmm. I was gaming. And stuff like that. So I was like, I'm chilling. Like, <laughs> Bufu, shout out Bufu. Yeah, like I'm not doing, I'm not doing anything. School was online, so school was super easy. So you didn't have the pressure of like academics. Mm-hmm. So I was like, man, like, and and they made the schedule like a lot easier at UCLA. And everybody, you know, like UCLA too. They're so in terms of like, <laughs> in terms of like school and stuff like that. They're always like advocating for like, oh my god, we know you guys are going through so much. Whatever, whatever. We cancel finals. <laughs> Yeah, you're like nah <laughs> yeah so nah but um yeah COVID was i like COVID a lot to be honest mm-hmm. how was it playing with no fans playing with no fans mm-hmm. was like that too to be honest because it's like, like you like that you, you yeah. thought it was... like obviously in in certain games like you could feed off the energy of the crowd and stuff like that but like mm-hmm. i felt like for me just being able to play like going into the game it, it really felt like a scrimmage. Like, you could just – I felt like I could play, like, a little bit. Like, I wasn't, like, as uptight because I knew, like, oh, awesome. Mm-hmm. Like, 
ain't nobody here. It's just it's just a team and the other team. Like, let's go out there and ball. So she's like playing at the park or something, right? Yeah, it was like playing at the park. It was cool. It was cool. Um, and then I just remember that you played at Modern Day um yeah. with Coach Rolo. Uh he's retiring. Um, what what were your thoughts on that and, and what did you learn from that? How did how did your time at Modern Day, which is a pretty significant program, um, especially in Southern California, but in the nation, how did that prepare you for uh, college and eventually the pros? Yeah, I mean, it was really just the competition every day. Like, mm-hmm. who was on your team then? I'm trying to think. It was so we had Amon Ross St. Brown. Okay. Brew McCoy, who's at Tennessee. Nico Romijo, who's at Fresno State. Mm. I can name everybody. Um, we had we had a we have a we had an old lineman who who went to Army. We had a Boise State old lineman. We had a we have a lineman that went to Bama that's now in Colorado. We had a running but we have a running back at Cal Poly. We had a corner that was at Montana State. We had a we have a we had a safety that's now at Portland. We have an, another safety who's at uh, he's also at Boise State. We had a we have a we had a D lineman that's now at on the Cowboys. Wow! So it was like you were I mean, yeah. Modern day was always cheating. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like you had you had players that you know they're going to leave, going to some D one. So mm-hmm. the competition level just prepared you um, a lot for college, and then even you know the NFL because now that I look back, there's a lot of players that are probably either in the league or going to the league from that school. Um, but modern, yeah, modern day. And then in terms of like coach Rollinson, um, obviously sad that he lost his final game. Um, but he was like, he's probably one of the best coaches I've ever been around in terms of like that true old school, like that, like he's going to be real hard on you, but it's going to be love at the end of the day. Like, and it's different. Cause like, and I know Josh knows it too. Like it's different for, guys for players now because I don't know if a lot of the players in high school can really deal with that like how it was like when I was in high school like they're mm-hmm. going like it's all love at the end of the day but you have you just have to understand that like yeah so mm-hmm. um but now nah, he was now nah, he was an amazing coach nothing but respect for him um yeah like one of one of my favorite coaches just because he had such an impact on my high school career and then just everybody he's everybody he touched like somebody took something away from him so yeah he's an amazing coach um and then just real quick to um just to kind of end at least for me on a ucla related topic um just talk about your dad and the influence that he's had on you in, in your career yeah my dad taught me ball i'm gonna be honest and i'm not gonna say like i didn't learn things from here and there but like i really used him like as a resource because i was like i need like He's, he played 13 years. He coached seven. So what? that's to- a total of 20. Mm-hmm. So like a lot of the things that I learned and like how I play and just like me being able to pick up the game so quickly is just because of him. You know, obviously I'm super blessed because not a lot of people have that resource. Um, so, yeah, he taught me the game and he still does today. You know, he watches all my games, tells me what I need to do, tells me how to take notes, how to watch film. Um, so I mean, he, like, and obviously I can go on and on about him, too. Like, obviously, mm-hmm. I, you know, that could say enough right there. Like, went to the same school. You know, he had some – he has – he's touched me almost in every aspect of life, whether that's football, being a man, you know, and anything. So, um, yeah, like, my dad – my dad, he's my role model. He's pretty much taught me the game. Um, and on, honestly, more than that, taught me how to be a man. So, um, 
Yeah, I mean, am I will I change my on another topic? Will I change my number one day? Maybe, mm-hmm. but where's your number right now? Thirty-seven. Oh yeah. Okay. So it's always it's always gotta, it's gotta, always gotta, been thirty-seven, right? You might yeah. Keep it. Yeah, I might. Yeah, I might just have to for the rest. At this I mean, point, yeah. I, I've never worn a different number. That's what I said. Yeah. If even yeah, don't it, switch. Yeah, too late. You're too late. No, you're, you're in. Late. You're you're yeah, in too yeah. deep. You're, you're for life. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was thinking about yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, you're you're in too deep. Like, yeah, like okay, I'm here now. You know, make my own legacy. But you know, who knows? I mean, I've been doing it for so long, and especially because we're we're not going to sit here and act like 37 is the prettiest number either. Um, but you, it's I was you to, though. It's like, it, I was like, it's right. one of those numbers where it's like, that's Q though. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Is, I was gonna is. say, I can't think of like a other uh, just off the top of my head, like a Hall of Fame number 37 or anything like that. Like, is there anyone? Like, I don't think out? I can, I can't even see you in like a a twin number. I would, like it a would single digit right. number or something. Lester Hayes, he was 37. That's it. was thirty-seven. That's old. That's real old. Yeah, I was gonna yeah. say that's probably like a throwback. Who is the most athletic person you've shared the field with, or you've you've witnessed? Mine, mm-hmm. mine was Miles Jack. Mine is um, Jalen Ramsey. Mm-hmm. I okay, so that. And, and then, hardest um, person you had to go against? It could be college. Like, we're talking like strictly one on one. I mean, like mine personally is McCaffrey, and when, okay, when yeah. I've. I've had to guard him, man, and tackle him in the run, which is like, he's like that. And I, like, <laughs> I'm not afraid to admit, like, right. yeah, he's like that. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to be honest. I'm going to be honest. It would either have to be. It could even be a UCLA teammate that you had to go against at practice. And it, it might, like, I'm talking about, like, strictly one-on-one. It might have to be Kyle Phillips. Why was that? Okay, because mm-hmm. I've had to, I've had to guard Kafos in the slot. Ooh, like, and I'm not like, like I and I'm guarding Cooper Cup. Oh, okay, mm. this is interesting. I have have probably not enough to right. really get an idea, but like, man, Kyle would do some. Kyle would do some <laughs> stuff, boy. Like, <clears throat> yeah, because like, yeah, I would. Honestly, and I can say like my boy Almond Rossi Brown too. I can say him too. Oh, but, for sure. Yeah, I can say him too. But like, I didn't like like the amount of reps I got against Kyle in terms of like I'm sitting there zero man like. Yeah, y'all would go at it. Yeah, like we would go at it. So I want to say him. Yeah, yeah like and I want to say like I want to say CD. Like, I didn't guard CD. I didn't guard Marquise. Mm-hmm. I didn't, like some of these players, I just didn't like. I was in the game with him, but I didn't guard him. You know, so mm-hmm. like. Yeah, for you. yeah, I, I gotta like, I gotta, I gotta with Kyle. The thing with Kyle was like, obviously, we all knew about him. I just knew about him from like covering him, and and like, yeah, he's a dog. Like, I would see it every weekend. Like, it was, you know, wasn't wasn't surprised to me when they started talking to him in the East West Shrine Bowl, and they're like, he like he started getting national attention, and they're like, yeah, we, like we all knew that. Like, yeah, that's that's we that's nothing new to us. But game, he like blew up that East West Shrine game. Like, people don't really know, like. When Even get, the week, the practice, like he was blowing up just in the practices, like you were saying. And the one-on-one reps, like people, people knew, like, oh, he's a good receiver, whatever. That really was like, well, like, and I got people. There's a couple dudes on the shrine that guarded him on the Rams, mm. and he was, and that kid number, uh, that kid at UCLA boy. I was like, yeah, like it, I knew that because mm-hmm. it is, it's crazy. We didn't tell nobody this, but I guess I can say it. 
me me and Kyle made a pact. We were like, bro, we're not gonna go against each other at the East. It should be. Like we just do it all the time in practice. You do you, I'm gonna do me. And but he was tearing it up. He was tearing it up at the East West Round. So one other thing, one other question that I thought Josh was gonna ask, and we can end it on this. Who were the funniest guys on the UCLA roster? Because when he asked this question and I got answers back, like (laughs) I was surprised at some of the names he said. So I that has to be something I ask every time a UCLA player comes on here. I'm like I already I already know who you're gonna say number like probably number one is. Give me a few people. Especially especially for Q. Three people is three people. (laughs) Fish for fish for sure. Fish had me. Denzel Denzel Fisher. Okay. The Denzel Fisher, uh, Octo, Octavia Spencer. Oh, mm-hmm. and then um, uh, Mossy. Okay. Well, I'm surprised you're leaving somebody off. Who? Who did? Who did he leave off? Oh, wait, who? Um, oh, Martin. That's what I said. I was like, Martin Andrus. Martin is one of the funniest. See, people. said that, hey. and I did not believe it. I, it's just because we, you know, when he talks <laughs> to the media, like we don't, we don't get a lot of that. He's been hurt. But like I'm just like, where is like uh and we had a chance to Mark talk to him before he got funny. hurt and I didn't get to ask him. I'm like, I, everyone tells me you're so funny. Like I just want to know. Like Bart is Bart is funny, bro. I'm I was more so like I would if you were saying like, see, when I thought you were asking that question, I thought you were talking about like like he'll make everybody laugh. It does, is, whatever, yeah. Still Martin, which is still Martin or Cause like Martin, bro, Martin can make the whole Martin can make the whole team laugh, bro. That's classic. Martin is Martin is so Martin was so funny. Like there were, I'm gonna be honest, in 2017 there were a lot of funny people on that team. Mm, I, you can you can say boss, like you can say boss. Yeah, boss say, was the one. Boss up there. You can say oh, uh, I'm saying you were naming DBs like you can say JTM, like you, you can say, say uh, Jalil Wadu. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. You can say <laughs> you can say a bunch. Like even bro, I'm gonna be honest. Kenny wasn't funny, but it was funny to laugh at Kenny. To be honest, <laughs> <laughs> like stuff like that. No, and I feel bad. That's my dog. But a lot of time, who Kenny Young? Yes, people. Yeah. Are, he thought people were laughing with him, but a lot of times <laughs> people are laughing at him just because the, the culture difference. Like he was the only, like one of the only guys from the south, like from the mm. south south. Like we had guys from Texas. But we didn't really have that many people from Florida or like Georgia or Mississippi. Like, so he kind of was the only person being from Louisiana, was the only like country boy on the team, kind of. Mm-hmm. I feel like so a lot of times, like it's jokes, and it's like, <laughs> Kenny, we don't know what you're saying. What you're saying, but we're laughing because mm-hmm. it's funny. But yeah, we're not laughing <laughs> with you, we're laughing at you. Yeah, That's classic. Yeah, I was glad you said Martin because when Josh told me that, I was like, "There's no way." And then I think, though, and then though Kenny said the same thing, and I'm like, "Man, I feel like I missed out on Martin, um, just being able to talk to him and like and just really get a sense of who he is because I feel like he's always so reserved." Um, but I mean, to the media, he's not. You're not. Gonna well, I mean, we it. didn't get a whole lot of chances to talk to him because he's you're like not. he's. So but I'm we saying never, even, you're even not, so, yeah, the media, he's going to try to be like yeah. professional and, mm-hmm. you know, like. <laughs> That's crazy. That's you're funny. Not get the funny Martin from the media, too. Yeah. No, I figured. I figured. But that's why I'm glad y'all said that. Like, to be honest, Caleb was funny, too. Oh, yeah, yeah. See, Will. See, Will. Okay, Wilson, yeah. 
She was Theo, Theo, like the even Theo, Theo. Theo's like I feel like our team. We just had like, like, like Q was saying, like we could if we had a reunion tomorrow and we all showed up, like we would be laughing like mm-hmm. the whole time. Laughing, it's just like <laughs> that's just how everybody was. Like mm-hmm. everybody, there. I would say there was kind of like groups and cliques, kind yeah, of a there, little bit, just as based on like right. ages and yeah, and like who you dorm and with and all that yeah. stuff too. Yeah, but there's a lot of times where. Everybody met in the middle of whatever locker room we were in, and it just turns into like just whatever's <laughs> going on. It's just jokes. It's just funny. It's just like rap battles. It's it's dance battles. Oh, it's like Lord. so many, so many like so many <laughs> like different different things. Boy, the locker room, happening, Who's rapping in the locker room? Every DB thinks they're a rapper. Yeah, uh, Q, no. nah, you too really, Q or no? Oh, okay, I seen you do that. Now you like I had to realize like oh yeah like. Yeah, maybe I can rap too. I can't <laughs> that for, I can't do that. I'm, I don't have it in me. Yeah. Yeah. Stringing words together and being off the fly like that. Nah, couldn't be me. Um, I'm just gonna say, like, like I'm just proud of Q and like I'm saying it's, it's just so awesome to see. Like, like people are asking, like, who's your favorite team in the NFL? Cause like me right now, because I'm playing in Canada, like, of course I'm watching NFL yeah. and stuff. And people still ask me, like, oh, like, you know, like what team you want to go to or what's your favorite team? And I was like, I've been saying this since I was like young in college, like. I don't have her team. Like I just like watching my bros ball. Like it don't matter. Like it okay. could be. I'm saying like I'm watching Chris. I'm watching like Q. I'm watching. I mean Anthony Barr, who I didn't get to play with, but like I just love watching like my broom brothers like ball. Like you know what I'm saying. So like Q being at that level now, like I hope my path doubles back and I cross over. You know, and, and I get to play with you again one day. But I mean, I'm just like so proud of you, bro, and just like so happy. Um, for you and it's awesome to see like the growth and just like who you just i'm saying like yeah he's he's becoming like like more and more and like you know what i'm saying like out of his shell and it's like it's just yeah. dope to see you because i watched the whole just like oh like from from yeah really though no nah, nah, you're nah. not you're not in your final form yet but it's just like <laughs> you just keep transforming and keep getting like look like look at his hair right now he it's wasn't doing that before. <laughs> like I remember when he had the short, like almost military cut from modern day. And like look yeah, when he first kind of like Theo, what's up with the freshmen? They kind of come in all they always come in with some little cut or something. Cause you were talking about Theo being oh, bald. Oh, because no, Theo came in with the baldy. <laughs> I just think feel like a lot of people come in thinking like, um, you need to be like real professional and real like mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, like, you know, me personally. Even me, like I got cut. I had like colorful mohawks in high school. I cut one off right before I got to UCLA. Mm. Yeah, because it's like the the kid stuff is kind of over. Like it's serious. Like, yeah, I feel that. I feel that. Professional that stuff. I feel that. And realize I can be myself. Dude. I feel that. All right, man. We'll let you go. Uh, it's been nice talking to you, Q. Um, hopefully, not the last time we talk to you. Um, you're welcome back on this podcast anytime. It's been funny and um, just seeing you smile and have a good time catching up with Josh. Um, that's that's all we could ask for here on this podcast is good times and good memories. And again, thank you guys so much. This is awesome. This is awesome. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early 
so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.